Taking a stroll through nature can be a much needed retreat from the never ending rat race of day to day life. It's been said that hiking in general keeps your mind sharp, boosts your mood, helps increase your creativity, and cements a positive relationship with the natural world around you, among a slew of other benefits. However, as is the case with anything, there is a flip side to that coin as well. Yes, there are the obvious dangers that should be taken into account, attacks by wildlife, getting lost, or even taking a wrong step and getting injured in a place with little to no cell service. But what if these places harbored more mystery than predators and rough terrain alone? Countless deaths and mysterious disappearances take place in the deep woods far outside the roaring streets of life in the city. Today we aim to shed some light on the mystery, peek behind the dense blanket of branch and leaf, put our ear to the ground, and listen to the dark history of some of the world's most haunted forests. And that is Freaky Deaky. We'll see you on the inside. the realm of the Freaky Deaky, an unsuspecting stop at the crossroads of fantasy and reality, where the frayed edges of make-believe seep into this cookie-cutter, white picket world you've been led to believe is far from extraordinary. What you're about to hear are true stories. <clears throat> Alleged true stories. Christian, just... <sighs> okay. Tales of the strange and inexplicable thought only to exist in film and folklore. Although difficult to accept, we do not know everything about this reality about time or space, what lies beneath the ocean's depths. And try though we might, the unchanging truth remains. There are some things we legitimately cannot explain logically. no such thing as a haunted forest. Christian, you wet blanket. I won't go into a haunted forest because they don't exist. Mm, thanks for that riveting look inside your life. Yeah. Welcome back to the Freaky Deaky. If you are new to the show, my name is Scott and I am your host and I'm joined by your other host, America's favorite wet blanket, Christian, aka Chris. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, Chris. How you doing? The f- Our listeners have already voted that they don't like chris so someone voted christy on podbean so shout out that's like being in school again i know every every time a substitute teacher would come in christina turner and you have to be like here I, I had a better girl's voice than that but i was also a good kid so i didn't do that and you're just like well actually while well, you're pushing your glasses <laughs> up yeah if you could take just a brief moment out of your time, if you're enjoying the show, please, please, please do give us a five star on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, really wherever you're listening. It just helps us grow the show more than you could ever know. And I'm going to stop the rhyming right there before we get out of hand. But it really does us a solid. And we appreciate each and every one of you that takes the time to do that. Damn, I had a good line for the next rhyme, too. Too, too bad. Anyway, you can find us on social media at Freaky Deaky Pod on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. And at TFT Paranormal on TikTok, where we are getting called ugly now, and that's fine. And no specification of who's the ugly one of the two of us, but I have a sneaky suspicion that it's both. We really do have faces for radio, but it's all right. We still try either way. And on YouTube, if you are listening to the show on YouTube, drop some comments below. Holla at you, boys. Yeah. I'm not I'm not worried about the TikTok thing. Yeah, I'm I am. I'm sexy and I know it. There's that for sure. And that pretty much wraps up the the housekeeping. If you have a paranormal experience of your own, haunted forest or otherwise, send it into the gang at thefreakydeaky.com and you can make your way into our listener stories episodes which we are dropping occasionally. Whenever we get juicy stories, we got a couple in the chamber, but I'm waiting for a few more to come in. Get volume 3 going. So hopefully soon, but in the meantime, peep the other ones, I guess. Yep. Give us a good story. Get some stickers. There you go. Christian is going to start mailing out stickers to people who give us good stories. And hopefully that keeps the stories real and not people just making up shit for free stickers. I thought our stories were mostly made up anyway. Christian, I absolutely is appalling to me 
that you have the nerve one episode to be like, I am not a wet blanket. And then the next episode be an absolute wet blanket. And then be like, I'm not a wet blanket, but hauntings aren't real. And then halfway through the episode, be like, well, I can see ghosts being real. And then halfway through the other episode, you're like, oh, ghosts definitely aren't real, but I'm not a wet blanket. But also, I hope people enjoy the paranormal show, but I'm not a wet blanket, even though the things we talk about aren't real. That's you in a nutshell. I don't recall ever saying ghosts are real. I'm going to, Scott, go ahead and roll that footage. Ghosts are real. They're demons. That was a little demonic. Demons are real. It was aliens. There are demons. Birds aren't real. Giants happen to be biblical. Ghosts are real. You're right, Scott. I feel like a believer this morning. I am wrong. Scott is so brilliant. I approve this message. Yeah, so there's about probably, if I chose, up to 15 or 20 sound bites over the course of this show of you saying exactly that ghosts are real. Demons are real. Like cable news. Wow. Sound bites aren't don't don't always tell the truth. Wow. And like cable news, you can't wait to get out of here, I'm sure, unless we get into the content. So we're going to go ahead and start. And I'm before we actually jump into this show, I am going to apologize in advance that these forests are not all located in the United States. And that's not the apology that I'm actually giving out. What I'm apologizing for is that I'm a California boy at heart currently in Alaska. OK, my cultural bar is pretty low. I would say. And it's hard to pronounce some of these things. So you're going to get some pretty messed up pronunciations. If you are from the areas that we're talking about, you know, we got Japan in here. We got a couple, uh, we got Romania and we do have a couple from America itself too. So hot diggity dog on that. But if you're from these areas that we're talking about, cut me some slack. Yeah, I'm doing my best. And if you want to correct me again, you can send that into the gang at the freakydeaky.com and we would love to hear it. The first on the list is obviously Japan's Aokigahara Forest. Never heard of it. Yes, you have. It is also known as the Suicide Forest Trigger Warning. For those of you that might need a trigger warning, there you go. Uh, Now, for anyone that's unfamiliar with this forest, but is familiar with a crazy vine sensation from back in the day that has somehow managed to pull himself up from his bootstraps and keep fame alive since the decline of a vine itself, Mr. Logan Paul. You're aware of a video that he shot many years ago that got him into some hot water where he actually filmed a dead body in this forest, and he's been seeking redemption ever since. And when he finally did get redeemed, he went ahead and he scammed a bunch of his fans with some ludicrous NFT project. So the man just simply cannot get a W, and that's fine. And he probably won't again because he just challenged, what, Floyd Mayweather to a fight? He finds a way to keep himself in the mainstream, and that's, you know, like so I guess he's winning in one way or another. But beside the point, if you remember that story from years ago, this is the forest that he was in, unfortunately. He's like the male version of a Kardashian. Yeah, and that might be the worst thing that's ever happened in this forest was Logan Paul stepping foot into it. So keep that in mind as we go. Anyway, the Okigahara Forest, also known as the Sea of Trees or the Suicide Forest, is a dense forest located at the base of Mount Fuji in Japan. It is known for its eerie reputation as a suicide hotspot with reports indicating that many people have taken their own lives within the forest's borders. Now, there's uh, a lot of different things that have taken place within this particular forest. In 1995, a Japanese ghost hunter named Kato Shigiaki entered the forest with the intention of recording paranormal activity. Kato claimed to have heard strange noises and voices in the forest and eventually came across a dark figure that he believed to be a ghost. The figure started to follow him and Kato quickly retreated from the forest, which is the move. You're a paranormal investigator. You walk in, you're like, I'm going to find something paranormal. And then you see something, you're like, okay, hey, whoa, guys, <laughs> we found it. All right, let's get out of here. Yeah. Before it eats us alive. Uh, in 2002, a man named Seiji. Wow. Yeah, this is going to be rough. Apologies to our Japanese listeners. A man named Seiji went into the uh, Okigahara forest for a day of hiking. When he failed to return home, his family contacted the authorities who launched a search and rescue operation. He was eventually found hanging from a tree in the forest in what appeared to be a suicide. Now, if my if I had a family member who's like, hey, I'm going to go on a hike. And you're like, oh, great. Where? Oh, the Okigahara. Like, okay, um, sure. There's nowhere else you'd like to, you know, maybe take a little light leisurely stroll. Maybe it was before it got its reputation. Maybe. I mean, this is 2002, so I don't think so. But uh, I think it's a pretty new thing that people have learned about. I don't know about all that. Because the I last mean, one was in 1995. I don't think it became popular until the social media age, though. Oh, that's sad. Uh, there's also apparently haunted caves. In addition to the forest itself, it's home to a network of caves, which is never a good thing. It's where the giants live. Yes. I was just reading a story about a seven-foot-long demon sword that they just dug mm-hmm. up. But demons aren't real, right? No. 
Legend has it that these caves are haunted by the Uri, the vengeful spirits of the dead. Visitors to the caves have reported feeling cold spots, hearing strange noises, and even seeing apparitions. In 2010, a group of tourists entered the forest with the intention of exploring its eerie beauty. Horrible life choices. What is this, an episode of Scooby-Doo? <laughs> hey guys, let's go check out the forest. It's eerily beautiful. Yes. Uh, while walking through the forest, they came across a number of personal items, including backpacks, cameras, and shoes. The group soon realized that they were following a trail of discarded belongings left behind by people who had taken their own lives in the forest. That's dark, man. Very dark. This is the, probably the forest I should have touched on last once we got all the funny ha-has out of the way and had just a really, you know, like, okay, now to bring her down before we close out the episode. You know, death. Yeah, you know I like the dark episodes. That's true, yeah. And coming back around to that, probably the scariest story of all is that just the sheer number of people who have taken their own lives in the Okigahara, the forest has become infamous as a suicide hotspot with hundreds of people taking their lives each year. Signs have been erected throughout the forest encouraging visitors to seek help and reminding them of the value of life. That's very sad. I don't know if you're going to agree with this, Christian. Probably not, but some blame the suicides on the presence of demons in the forest, while others point to the dense magnetic iron deposits beneath it that affects electronics, compasses, GPS, and possibly mines. Others claim the cause is confusion from wandering in the maze-like walls of dense trees that muffle sounds and disorient those unfamiliar with the forest. In fact, the coverage in this forest is so dense, even on a sunny day, you'd be hard-pressed to find a bright spot in the forest. Another common sight is brightly colored tape or string that hikers who aren't planning to die in the forest use to keep track of their path in this labyrinth of trees. Could it also be the fact that Japan is a high-functioning society with a lot of stress and pressure? And yes. Something like suicide is not as evil as it is to a lot of Western Christian countries. Like, uh, you don't have to say Christian every time you talk shit about something. You could, unless just, it's yourself. Um, <laughs> the, I mean, just the stories about like what happens to you if you take your own life. Yeah, is a Christian thing. So it's in other cultures, it's not considered such an evil thing or scary thing. Mm. So I don't know. So you're thinking they had a bad day at work and they're like, "Well, I've brought great shame to my family. It's time for me to go out to the forest and end it all." It's probably more than one bad day. Yeah, I would hope so. Yeah, but you never know. People. Yeah, but the idea of like the like iron deposits and stuff like that, and like the just the possibility of something messing with your mind while you're out there, like you could go out there with the intent of not wanting to end your life and just wanting to go for again a weird idea to stroll through a forest with like such a reputation, and then just almost be like consumed by the forest itself. Which is, it sounds like an M Night Shyamalan movie. If you went to Japan and had a chance to go to that forest, would you go? Oh yeah, for sure. I wouldn't go deep into it. No. I would definitely be on the outskirts and be like, yep, that's definitely a forest. Mm, nice. All right, let's head back. Yeah. Is there something in that tree? Let's go. Where's Japanese McDonald's? Is it around here? One visitor to the forest was Rob Gilhooley, who happened to be a writer for the Japan Times, which is the largest Japanese newspaper to date. He was exploring the forest when he heard a petrifying, hair-raising scream that he assumed could only come from the living. He quickly made his way to the site of the scream, expecting to find someone suffering. Instead, he found a decaying body that was weeks old. Was the spirit associated with that body the source of the scream? Countless visitors of the forest have heard blood-curdling screams too and have never figured out where they originate. Considering the density of the woods and its relative silence, the sounds of such screams would be truly terrifying. Now, let me... This is You're probably going to like this possible explanation. We have a man through these woods, right? Here's a blood-curdling scream and it's like, that's a living person and runs to this location and he gets there. All he sees is a decaying body and he's like, oh, that must have been the scream of the dead. Is it possible that someone else stumbled across this body, screamed very loudly and then ran away from it? Well, that is that could be a possibility. I mean, I'm not saying, look, I'm all for spirits and specters and ghouls and ghosties. But in a situation like that, where it's a forest and people are hiking through it probably pretty often, I imagine if you came across a dead body, my first reaction would probably be to scream as well or just cry. Just a muffled, like, oh, God, why? So maybe this person chose screaming that day and was like, I need to get the hell out of here and just ran away. And then by the time Mr. Galuli or whatever comes over, he's like, oh, no, this dead body just screamed at me. Not saying that, you know, the other reports of people screaming or hearing screaming, though it all could just be people finding dead bodies and screaming at different portions of the forest, I suppose. Or that could could be just a way of explaining away the fact that you're in a cursed forest. True. And you are now cursed. That is true. That is very true. Uh, now, we've kind of touched on this 
momentarily, but I'll go a little deeper. Uh, this is actually a segment from like, another Zachary Knowles book, if you can believe it. Can you believe it? I found another one. <laughs> um, and this goes a little deeper into the Uri. And if I'm pronouncing that wrong, I do apologize. And I'm not going to apologize anymore, so take that. Uh, the Uri are believed to be the souls of people who died with a deep anger, hatred, grief, or longing for revenge. Due to the strong negative emotions, their death does not release them from this world, but rather condemns them to wander. Japanese legend states during famine times, the sick, feeble, or elderly were brought to the uh, Okigahara forest by their family members and left there to die a slow, tortuous death of exposure or starvation. This was justified by a need to feed the healthy family members who were likely to survive the famine if they could just get enough food. Those left to die in the forest turned into a uri upon death, and many believe that that is why this particular forest is so filled with despondency and death. Even the current caretakers of the forest seem to believe in the uri. When bodies of suicidal visitors are retrieved from the forest, they are typically kept overnight before being sent to the proper authorities out of necessity. One of the forest caretakers will spend the night with the bodies, believing if the bodies are left all alone, the uri associated with them will scream all through the night. That's kind of spooky. Japan has some killer folklore. Yeah, they do. We have to do an, an entire episode on like Japanese folklore because they have some of the absolute dopest stories. Dopest or scariest. Dopest and scariest. Almost believable stories. Wow. And there's Christian. We found him, guys. We found him. I was here the whole time. Uh, some of the locals insist the spirits of those who committed suicide within the forest call out to one another drawing them to their death. Some go further and say only those who are destined to die there can succeed in a suicide attempt. You see, not all suicide attempts there are successful. In one incident, a nearby shop owner discovered a woman hanging from the tree that should have been most definitely dead, but was not. She was choking on the rope she tried to hang herself with, and her eyes were protruding far from her face. Okay, but she had not yet died. Wow. Needless to say, he quickly cut her down and helped her obtain the medical treatment needed. According to legend, it was not her place to die within the Okigahara forest. Of course not, because he walked up. Yeah. If it was her her time. He would have been somewhere else. Yeah. In the Okigahara forest. I don't really like the detail of her eyes like protruding from her head. It makes sense in that instance of hanging, but that's the visual I wasn't trying to give our listeners. You know, we're, we kind of keep it light for the most part. And this, I, I guess I'm getting the really dark stuff out of the way early, guys. So we can get into the funny ahas and the good times. Yeah. Th this episode, rated R. Brought to you by depression. <laughs> anyway. One young couple exploring the forest began to feel claustrophobic, which isn't uncommon in a dense forest. The feeling kept growing stronger, however, until they nearly panicked. Together, they made a quick decision to leave immediately, following the tape they had used to mark their trail. As they turned back the way they had come, the trees seemed even denser. As they began to walk, the couple said it felt as if the trees had come alive and were reaching out to grasp them. Whether this was real or a mind trick, they certainly do not plan on returning to Okigahara. Trees will kill you yeah. if you ain't right. Some real ant status energy I'm getting from this place, and, and not the good ants. Some also say there's a kindly orange-robed Buddhist monk who resides within the forest, while others insist he is a spirit and not a man. Regardless of his actual nature, he is a lifesaver to many. Not only does he show up just in time to help lost hikers, he has also succeeded in talking many suicidal forest visitors out of their tragic plans, and he discourages visitors from taking pictures of the forest. Obviously, he didn't show himself to Logan Paul. Here is the most... Because he w doesn't want to help him. That's true. He was like, this fucking clown can hit the bricks. Here's the most interesting part. No one ever remembers seeing this particular monk outside of the confines of the forest. Because he's always been there. He's probably been there since old day, the old days. Since the old day. And we're not talking like the 1990s. Yeah, we are. We're talking probably like... 1500s or earlier at least in my mind to close out the okigahara i will kind of we a couple of stories mentioned like cut tape and colored tape and stuff like that so just to, to give people a little visual the mention of colored tape or string is a common sight in okigahara for those who have entered the forest with every intention of coming back out again imagine you're one of these hikers maybe here to investigate one of the many stunning caves that lie deep within the forest you purchase some sturdy bright yellow tape to make sure you make your way out and begin your adventure once you find the cave you're ready to retrace your steps back you begin but after about 45 minutes you discover someone or something cut your guiding tape 
You manage to keep going without panicking and begin to look for the other end of your tape, except someone has removed it. Fortunately for you, you manage to make your way out alive after many hours. Yeah, many Japanese believe in instances like this, the tape was most likely cut by a spirit referred to as the Urai, meaning dim ghost. So the tape, the color tape is pretty much just like a Hansel and Gretel situation where you're like, I'm going to make sure that I can find my way back. But in the instances where you are, you know, making your way back out of the forest and you come across, you're like, oh shit, someone seems to have snipped my tape and the rest of it's gone. Well, Something good luck. seems to have snipped That's right. Tape. That's right. That blanket's drying out just a little bit, Christian. Just a little bit. We'll take it. So that is just a brief rundown of the Okigahara in Japan. And it sounds like, I mean, it's at the base of Mount Fuji, man. So it sounds like it'd be like a beautiful, outside of it being like a super dense forest, I think the nature in that area would be absolutely breathtaking, minus all the dead bodies and whatnot. I was going to say something and I don't remember what. That's great. That's great news for our listeners. Yes, it is. So what do you think? Do you I, want to go to the Okigahara? I don't know if I'm a fan and I necessarily want to, but I would if I was in the area. I wouldn't need the tape because I would just stay on the trails. There's got to be trails. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't been there. I did read a couple stories of people that apparently they, like when they got to Japan, they wanted to check out this forest. And so they'd hop in a cab and be like, hey, can you take me down to this forest? And like the actual driver would be trying to plead with them like please don't go there like you don't need to go there you don't need to see this but you know they're tourists and they're like nah fool take me <laughs> it's fine you yeah. know and then they never come back just yeah. kidding i don't know about the end of the story but so even like the cab drivers there they try to like warn people about it and be like no maybe go check out these cherry blossom trees in ueno park if i'm saying that right probably not i'm a honky it's fine anyway i'd, I'd be there for the apples the fuji apples the Fuji apples. Yeah. What if they grew in the Okigahara and that was the only place you'd get them? Would you venture in for Fuji apples? No, that sounds like a, a fairy tale gone bad. Or gone good if you're the villain. Or a biblical tale. Gone great. Anyway. You know, don't eat the apple? No, I've never heard of that, Christian. Thank you. Oh, it sounded familiar to me. I... How about you mansplain some more of my religion to me, you monster? I will in the next episode. I'm sure you will. Okay, this next one is the Hoya Bashu. We still in Japan? We are not. We are in Romania. So this is Romania's Hoya Bashu forest. I'm going to make a guess. Baba Yaga. You go ahead and make that guess, and I'll go ahead and let you down lightly. Uh, the Hoya Bashu is known for its eerie reputation and numerous paranormal experiences that have been reported by locals and visitors alike. In the 1960s, a five-year-old girl went missing in the forest while playing with her friends. After an extensive search, she was found five years later in the same spot with no memory of where she had been or what had happened to her. Was she still the same age? She was just caught in this weird loop of time for five straight years. I mean, it's actually more terrifying if she was older and didn't know how she got to the same spot or where she'd been that during that time. You hear a lot of stories like that, and especially like Missing 401 and random stuff like that. When the people do show up, they have no recollection of what happened to them out in the forest. That's almost creepier than knowing what happened to them in the forest. You know what I mean? Because it's the it's the what if. They're like, did a Bigfoot take them? Did another Bigfoot take them? Did a family of big feet take them? You see, though, when that happens, people remember. Big Bigfoot's not known for erasing memories. Now we're talking men in black. Men in blackfoot. That sounds oddly racist for being as harmless as it was. Yeah, it does. You're the racist. Haha. <laughs> Got him. Visitors have reported seeing strange apparitions, including ghostly figures and floating lights while walking through the forest. Some believe that the ghosts of those who have died in the forest are responsible for these sightings. Also, the Hoyobashu is known for its many reported UFO sightings. In fact, the forest is said to be one of the most active UFO sighting locations in the entire world. Many visitors have reported seeing strange lights and objects in the sky while in the forest. Some have also reported feeling disoriented and dizzy while in the forest, as if the trees and paths are constantly shifting and changing. Others have reported feeling a sense of unease and foreboding while in the forest, as if they are being watched. Now, similar to the Okigahara, the Uh-Okigahara, uh, uh, it's really hard for me to get that uh in there to start off. Too many syllables for my white ass. Similar to the uh, Okigahara, According to the legend, the trees in the Hoyabashu forest are able to communicate with each other and even with humans. Hmm. So we got living trees once again. Some visitors have reported hearing voices and whispers coming from the trees, although this is likely just the sound of the wind rustling through the leaves. Probably, but also I, trees have scientifically been shown to communicate with each other. Yeah, and I forget where it was. 
it's been years. This could have been proven false like decades ago at this point. But there's just one test they did on, I think it was plants or plants like sentient. And forget how they hooked it up, but pretty much like you cut a leaf and you could actually hear it like crying, not like a human cry, like, oh, God, no, but like I made an audible noise that was like sad. <laughs> I believe that's the same experiment where the scientists would have somebody burn the leaves of a plant and he could tell that that plant was suffering, but also that other plants in the area mm. did not like this guy and would react when he came into the room. There I go, look at this jackass, Mr. Flamethrower himself. Yeah, I've heard of that. That you, whole you killed Todd bastard. And now there's a guy on social media that hooks up. Like I know he does a lot of fungus and mushrooms. And is that he, before his experiments, or hmm? does he do a lot of fungus and mushrooms before he does ex experiments? He, or? he might because then he produces like he hooks them up to some kind of receiver and he plays the sounds they make. I don't know how how he does it. What's going on? But it is fascinating. That is pretty fascinating. The trees in Romania will kill you. That's the bottom line of the story, right? And Japan, apparently. I mean, we did that video a while back that we haven't posted yet of the walk, like the running tree, right? Yeah. Who's to say, man? Honestly, maybe the world is a lot more like Lord of the Rings than we're all willing to admit. That tree was just running across the driveway trying to get to Frodo and the gang, or Merry and Pippin in that instance. I mean, he's a little bit late. Well, sometimes we sleep through our alarms, Christian. I think you can relate. Yeah, he didn't get the call. And he had a long way to travel to get to Middle Earth. That's true. How people respond to the force seems to vary widely. You know, you got nausea, vomiting, unexplained rashes, migraines, panic attacks, odd pains, and even amnesia are just a few of the symptoms. Some people return with mysterious burns or severe scratches on their skin. There are even recorded incidents of people losing track of time while in the forest. People feel as if they are being watched, but when they turn, there is no one there. Others feel as if something they instinctively describe as a creature is stalking with malicious intent. Apparently something or someone in the forest enjoys making electronics act up, including smartphones and GPS systems. Photographs, both digital and film, reveal shapes and forms of people not visible when the images were taken. Now, do you think most of these, I mean, I'm sure actually that you believe that most of these are just you're in a isolated area, maybe there's like lack of sunlight, so you can't really tell where you are, you're a little discombobulated. You're in a remote location. Everything is trees around you, so it's pretty easy to get confused, I imagine, right? Right. But now, do you also believe that there are demons at work? No, okay. I do not believe there's demons I was at trying work. To, I was trying to sneak one past you. Yeah, no, yeah. I so understand. So no demons, but you think like maybe like a Wendigo or something like that. Is, Probably not. But is lurking in the shadows. Romania is well known for its supernatural stories. Now, do you believe that maybe there was a wolf or a dogman-like creature that could take an entire family out within this forest. I, be I believe that there's something, there There has been something canine-like that has basically annihilated, tried to annihilate a whole family there. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. If you want to hear the story, go back and listen to that episode. Dive on in. So it was a crazy episode. It was. It was a great episode. Um, there have been many disappearances associated. Associated. Sounds like Three Stooges. Fucking Curly. What's the other one? Is it Curly the fat bald guy? Curly, Mo and Larry. Yeah, Larry was the curly-haired man, and then Curly was the bald-haired man. Yeah. Really weird. And Mo had a bowl cut. If you guys came here to hear what the hairstyles of the Three Stooges were, you're in luck. It found its way into the Haunted Forest episode. One of the legends associated with the Hoya Forest concerns the ghosts of Romanian peasants who are apparently murdered within the forest. While many ghosts seem to manifest as a white or light-colored mist... These enraged ghosts often make themselves known to visitors as a black fog. Others have seen multiple pairs of glowing green eyes peering and watching them from between the trees. This is usually accompanied by a sense of danger and anxiety, which I believe goes without saying. Yes, No one's going to sure. like, hey, check out these dope-ass glowing green eyes within the trees. Fairies? The duendes? Anything? No? No. It's Romania. So elves? So it's got to be scary. I wonder who killed these peasants in the forest, and when, and why, and how. Not how, I don't need to and know that. And where. Oh, it was in the forest. Oh. That uh, that about wraps up the Hoya Bashu. Hoya Bashu, and we're moving to Christian's favorite place in the entire world. Christian, what is that? I don't know. Christian, uh, what is that? My favorite place in the whole world? To talk about. Yeah, I'm not talking Wetzel's pretzels. Germany. We're that talking took Germany. Me a minute. It shouldn't have. You'd literally have a German reference for anything we talk about on the show. Nine. And there's the, there it is right there. Cool. So anyway, we're moving to number three on the list, which is Germany's Black Forest. Never heard of it. 
The Black Forest region of Germany is known for its dense forest, picturesque villages, and deep-rooted folklore. Over the years, several spooky stories have emerged from this region. And legend has it that a young woman was once buried alive in the Black Forest after being accused of witchcraft. Her ghost is said to haunt the forest, appearing as a white, glowing figure. Several hikers and locals have reported seeing her ghostly figure over the years. Now this one, uh, the Hinterkaifeck murders, which you're well aware of, I imagine, yeah? Is that the axe murders? An entire family was brutally murdered on their farm in the small town of Hinterkaifeck. The perpetrator was never caught, and the case remains unsolved to this day. Locals believe that the spirits of the murder family still haunt the area. There's also the Devil's Cave, which is a mysterious cave in the Black Forest that is said to be home to the devil himself. The devil has a lot of homes in the world. The, I mean, the Pine Barrens, you know, which we're going to get to in a moment. Here. He, ha- he has a lot of work. He, he needs to have a, a home in each region. That's true. He's got some, you know, VRBOs set up across the nation. Yeah. According to legend, the devil would lure travelers into the cave and trap them inside forever. Several hikers have reported feeling a sinister presence while exploring the cave. Because the devil's there. Yeah. Of course, it's going to be a sinister presence. He's not going to be like, hey, welcome to the cave. I've got cookies. The Clausen Pass Road is a treacherous mountain road that winds through the Black Forest. Over the years, several fatal accidents have occurred on the road, and locals believe the spirits of the deceased still haunt the area. But that brings us to our favorite, a werewolf. I do like werewolves. Yep. You didn't think we were going to get out of Germany without talking about a werewolf, did you? In the 18th century, a man named Hans... That just verifies the story. Now it's true. Hans, in Germany, was accused of being a werewolf and executed in the Black Forest. According to legend, his ghost still roams the forest in the form of a werewolf. Several hikers have reported hearing his howls at night. What do you think about that? You want to make a trip to the Black Forest on your next trek to visit your historic German locations? I would definitely do that because the Black Forest is legendary. Hmm. Yeah. And it would be fun. I don't know. I had something other than it would be fun, but. Well, where's it at, Christian? I'm looking around the room. All I see is it'll be fun. I mean, if you're in the Black Forest, it's Brothers Grimm's territory. So That's true. Yeah. You got to go there. So I kept that one nice and tight. Like, I, I think we're going to end up doing another episode of Haunted Forest because there's just too many to choose from. There's a lot of creepy ass forests out there, if you can believe it, folks. And I'm just kind of picking, I'm cherry picking the gems right now. But if you are from an area, because I know actually, I'm not sure if I touched on one. There's one in Illinois that I don't think made the the episode. There's a, there are a few different ones. But if you happen to be in an area that is known for a, a haunted forest and has some stories within it that you want to share with us, Send it over to the gang at thefreakydeaky.com. We will look into it for the next part. I'm not sure when part two is going to come out because it took me a while to actually get part one rolling because we got so many different episodes going at any given time that it's you just kind of piece things together as you can. And then when it's ready, you take it out of the oven and you present it to the fine folks of the Freaky Deaky. And that's what we're doing with part one here. But would love to hear more about, you know, your neck of the woods and stuff. If you happen to be living in an area that has some kind of haunted forest or bad lands. You don't have to go into the haunted forest to... uh do research for us because but brownie points if you do yeah but we just want to put out this disclaimer if you lose your life your family can't sue us we did not suggest this we advise against haunted forest Mm -hmm. if there are such a thing maybe christian shouldn't be giving the disclaimer because he doesn't believe it's actually real so yeah whatever it's fine i believe a forest could be haunted okay christian maybe not by did you or haunting god Christian, what did they, what the first words that you said after the intro? I what, don't. Do you remember? They got cut out because you were. It was in the middle of the intro music. But do you remember what it was? No. Forests can't be haunted. It's not real. Well, that's why I changed it. It could be haunting. It could. Oh, it could be haunting. Yeah. Like you're gonna step foot and be like, oh, this is haunting. Like you're a large lady from the 1800s. Well, once witnessing a, an interracial couple. Christian, get out of here. Once the the werewolf howls, it's haunting. That'll do just fine. Anyway, I'm going to go over briefly these last couple before we close her out nice and tight. Number four is actually Massachusetts Freetown Fall River State Forest. Fall River is a crazy place. And so is the Fall River State Forest. Yes. Freetown Fall River State Forest, which is a horrible name for a state forest, if you're wondering, located in Massachusetts, has been the site of many reported spooky occurrences over the years. The Hockamock Swamp is a part of the forest that is known for strange and paranormal activity. Many people have reported seeing ghosts and apparitions, including a Native American warrior on horseback, a white phantom, and a woman in white who appears at night. Interesting. We also got another ghost on horseback. And another rhyme when I said I was going to stop. In the 1970s, a string of murders occurred in the forest. 
Many believe the forest is cursed because it was unfairly taken, often without consent, from the Pocasset Wampanoag. Wow. Sorry. So sorry. I acknowledge I wasn't going to apologize anymore, but that one deserved it. Tribe by greedy settlers and businessmen. To make matters worse, the tribe fought on the English's side in the late 1600s during the Philip War and was given 190 acres of land in the area, which became the Watupa Reservation, but was taken from them in the early 1900s through imminent domain. Classic honky move. According to records, Freetown needed a water supply and the tribe's land was in the way. Some of the land was returned in the 1930s, but that did not truly settle the issue. Many believe this area of ground will remain cursed until it is given back to the Pocasset Wampanoag tribe. Psychics visiting the forest claim to have communicated with numerous Native American spirits haunting the area in retribution for how they were cheated out of the land. Which brings us right to satanic activity. You thought it couldn't be done, but here we are. Many hikers have passed through the forest, uncovering the remains of what is believed to be satanic ritual sites and animals strangely mutilated. Such activity is not without precedent in the forest, for in the late 1970s and early 1980s, women were brutally murdered by a man who was a fascinating combination of cult leader and pimp. That is fascinating. Yeah, that is not the combo you usually get, but I guess it checks out. Not only were these women killed in a horrific fashion, but their lifeless bodies were abused in unspeakable ways as well. Sorry, thought we were out of the dark of the episode, but joke's on you. It should be noted that their deaths were offered as sacrifices to the woods, which means one must wonder what kind of evil entity lives in these beautiful woods to crave the bloody ritualistic atrocities committed. Hmm. You know, that doesn't sound... Like devil worship to me, though. It sounds like that a just pimp. So, sounds like a cult leader that's like, my real job's a pimp. That's how I earn money for the cult. Now that we got that out of the way, puckwudgies. Do you know what puckwudgies are? It's one of those things you get from the ice cream truck back in the 70s. Yeah, that's what is also in the forest, Christian. Isn't oh, that crazy? That is. There's an ice cream truck in the forest that gives out puckwudgie ice cream bars. That explains why children go missing. Classic. And very dark simultaneously. Not all paranormal encounters in this forest necessarily fall into the classical ghost sightings. Visitors to the forest have encountered creatures that do not seem to be a part of any world we are familiar with. Tribes native to the area gave them the name Puckwudgies. Walking through a wooded area with a cool breeze and the rattle of the fall leaves passing through the trees as shafts of sunlight pierce through the trees and fall on the hiking trail may seem like a typical trick, but that's when strange things happen. Rocks being hailed through the sky directly at you from the tree line bordering the hiking trail. Bigfoot. Fortunately, there's enough time to protect your face with your arm when you catch the sight of a human. Your first thought is you've merely encountered a mischievous child, but the face was like an elderly person. Then to your horror, the glint of light from a small knife hits your eyes as a small person, about three feet tall, covered with smooth, hairy gray skin, comes at you. Later, some locals explain that you've encountered a puckwudgie. These creatures, whatever they are, have been blamed for many deaths and injuries in the forest. People have had rocks thrown at them and handfuls of sand tossed in their face, while others have been forcefully pushed off the edge of a cliff and or attacked with knives. So these little bastards are going around three feet tall carrying knives. Most, you know, folklore creatures, just they tend to spook you with some fairy magic or whatever and poof, they're gone or they take your drone out of the sky with rocks or whatever. But some of them are are serious about their job. We need shiny knife weapons. Our people in, are, are known for invisceration. Indeed. One of the most dangerous areas in the Freetown State Forest is the Asinet Ledge, which stands above an 80-foot deep rock quarry. It has been the site of an inordinate amount of suicides, sorry again, and many visitors to the ledge report being overwhelmed with a sense of dread, sadness, and urgency, which kind of reminds me of that summer breakup that we did last year, The Call of the Void. So that could be the case here as well. You get to a, a, the top of a, a mountain, a cliff or something like that, and there's something inside you that's just like, hey, you could jump, pal. You could jump and be very easy. Don't listen. That's your subconscious telling you it's tired of all the work it has to do. Yeah, others have witnessed people leaping to their death only to disappear right before they strike the bottom of the quarry. Some have seen people standing at the edge of the ledge. Damn, there's just so many rhymes in this episode and I can't stop. As if about to take that final leap, Concerned, visitors have quickly made their way to the individual's side only to see him or her disappear before reaching them. Strange lights have also been spotted in this area, which some attribute to ghostly spirits of the dead, while others insist they are a manifestation of UFO activity. It's interesting how many people see, uh, see lights and they're like, UFO could just be spirits, man. Probably is just spirits. 
If you're in a haunted forest, chances are it's spirits and not a UFO. Very true. Thanks, Christian. You're welcome. Thanks for once again condescending yourself. People just, sometimes they reach too hard for UFOs, I think. And sometimes they don't reach hard enough. I'll keep this one kind of brief because honestly, it'll probably be brought into another episode. And that's, of course, the Pine Barrens of New Jersey, home of the legendary Jersey Devil. Ooh, love the Jersey Devil. Yeah. So I know the Jersey Devil, I feel like, is one of the most popular you know, paranormal claims and folklore tales of all time. Like, it's probably one of the first things that I ever heard about that kind of sucked me into the whole zeitgeist of paranormal lore. They named a <clears> professional <throat> hockey team after it. Yeah, and it was my favorite hockey team growing up. With yeah. Scott Steven, Niedermeyer, the whole team, you know. Yeah. And early on, that was one of the first X-Files episodes was about the Jersey Devil. Interesting. I vaguely remember that. Yeah. I think it was first couple, I think, is when they went to hmm. to to look into that. Yeah, so there's a throwback for you. But I the, the reason I'm keeping this one brief is I would, at a later date, like to actually dive into the Pine Barrens in more detail and kind of flesh out some more stories or see if we can find some you know local stories about it because it really is a fascinating place and also creepy as hell. Before you get into the story, when you think about the Jersey Devil, at least this is, when I think about the Jersey Devil, mm. my mind automatically goes down to goes to a relative of the Tasmanian Devil. So I have a totally different view of oh. what the... Jersey Devil is. Oh, mine is really freaky looking. And mine looks like when I picture the Jersey Devil, it's exactly what that weird sketch is with the gigantic weird horse head, the tiny legs, weird, you know, spade tail, the bat wings. Like it looks ridiculous. Yeah. You know? Mine's more Warner Brothers old school cartoons with mm. just the New Jersey style. He doesn't have the uh, when he's when he slobbers and makes those funky noises when he's spinning around, he doesn't sound like he's from Australia. Yeah. Sounds like he's from Jersey. And that's a, a just a little light ribbing of folks who live in New Jersey, apparently. Maybe. You want to be New Yorkers? Just kidding. It's fine, guys. Obviously, the Jersey Devil, as we mentioned. One of the most famous legends of the Pine Barrens is that of the Jersey Devil, a demonic creature with bat-like wings and a horse's head that is said to haunt the woods. According to legend, the creature was born to a woman named Mrs. Leeds, who cursed the child in frustration after giving birth to her 13th child. Ooh. Yeah, maybe the child was not who you should have been cursing, Mrs. Leeds. The Jersey Devil has been spotted numerous times over the years with reports of strange noises, hoof prints, and even attacks on livestock. I imagine the, like, it's such a weird visual when you hear the details of this thing that it just seems like it must fly clunky. Like, there's absolutely no way that this thing is a smooth, in-flight, aerodynamic zero percent chance like i just picture it kind of like fluttering through the sky like all freaky like it's kind of dancing at a disco or some shit but Not you also exactly. gotta remember if it's built like this it's called the jersey devil it's some scary cryptid can probably just fly on its own maybe it could fly with magic dark magic wow and here christian is bringing dark magic into the episode interesting i mean there's a devil here we gotta bring some dark magic in hey when you're right you're right it's not very often so take it while you can you know I, i'll take it anyway there have been reports of a ghostly hitchhiker on Route 72 who appears on foggy nights and disappears when approached. According to legend, the hitchhiker is the ghost of a woman who was killed in a car accident on the road. Has a very woman in white vibe to it. Yeah, but if it's a hitchhiker, I would think the ghost of a woman killed by a serial killer. Okay. I like that that story better. Christian rewrites a lot of our stories to fit into his own narrative. Uh, the Blue Hole. Stay away from the Blue Hole. The Blue Hole is a deep, mysterious pool of water in the Pine Barrens that is said to be haunted by the spirits of Native Americans who are killed by settlers. Legend has it that if you swim in the Blue Hole, you will be pulled under by the spirits and never return. If that's the legend, why would anyone swim out there? There's always some some fool that wants to show how I mean, how tough they are. You I ain't afraid of, the, of no Blue Hole. Do you ever hear of the bottomless lake in Palmdale? No. Well, I bet it had a bottom. Oh, it, I mean, scientists say it did. I've never swam in it. It's on private property now, but I've been there. And what'd you think of it? Uh, I went there in the daytime. It wasn't very scary. Like, ooh, sunlight. It's right next to Sierra Highway, which is a busy road. Very true. But there are legends behind it. Maybe one day we'll get back to the bottomless lake legends. Maybe. We'll find our way. The legend of Dr. Thorne. Dr. James Still, known as Dr. Thorne, was a famous healer who lived in the Pine Barrens in the 19th century. He was rumored to have magical powers and was feared by many locals. After his death, people reported seeing his ghost wandering the woods, and strange noises and smells were reported in his old home. Strange smells, that's not what you want to hear. It's sulfur. 
It smells like button here. No. Dr. Thorne. Weird. Then the final item on the brief rundown of the Pine Barrens is the Leeds Point Witch. The Leeds Point Witch, a woman named Mother Leeds, who was accused of witchcraft and gave birth to the Jersey Devil. Of course. It is said that her ghost still haunts the woods and can be seen on occasion. So that's bringing it around. Mrs. Leeds, as mentioned in the first little tidbit there, was the Jersey Devil's mother. And apparently though she was a witch. So there you have it. Of course. It all comes back around. Back then they always made all independent women witches. I'm sorry. What would you say if this woman gave birth to an atrocity that looked like the Jersey Devil? Would you be like, that's a witch? Or you'd be like, that's a horribly deformed child you have there and you should love and care for it tenderly. Oh, it's flying away with its bat wings. I'd be like, "Uh, maybe you shouldn't marry your first cousin. Interesting that your mind went immediately to incest. But I mean, this was back in the day. Less people, you know. We always make out like the old days were this like. There wasn't all Little House on the Prairie. Yeah. And yeah. Goodnight Jim Bob or whatever. No. John Boy. John Boy. Yeah. Sorry. Jim Bob. Goodnight Jim Bob. <laughs> Some banjo music instead. The Waltons, if you guys were wondering. I'm not. It's fine. I knew what you're talking about. I grew up on the Waltons in Little House on the Prairie. It's where I got my great morals from. <laughs> from Pa. What would Pa do in this situation? I imagine you being faced with a moral dilemma in your youth and just being like, what would Pa do? What would John Boy think about this? No, I wasn't a John Boy fan. I liked his sisters. Yeah. I mean, I was young, but. Good night, Mary Ellen. John Boy, why do you think he never responded? Because he's probably already asleep. Do you think that's what it was? He had his headphones on. He was writing. He didn't have his headphones on. That was before headphones. I was like, damn, what is he, a time traveler now? (laughs) Nah. He wouldn't talk to his sister because she was eventually going to pose in Playboy. One of the actresses did pose in Playboy many years later because she was typecast and couldn't get a role. So she was like, well, obviously not. I just need to whip my tits out. Well, I mean, Playboy's pay- paying a million dollars for back then for celebrities to do that. It was a good business. I would do it. How good. much are they paying no-name podcasters? Not much yet. Oh. Not if you're a guy. Oh. That gets called ugly on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Uh, grossly misshapen and overweight man. Let's get him centerfold. Can we do that? No. You know, but they have only fans for that. Yeah. I don't think if I can't get Playboy, I don't think I'm going to be getting a great following on OnlyFans. Let's start Christian and OnlyFans account. There's a kink for everybody. That's true. That's true. And I just need to convince China to let me start one. Please don't. Let's let's move on. You know what? That is actually the end of it. So, and on that, I was thinking, you know what would be really hilarious for this podcast is if we start a cameo for you. Do you know what cameo is? No. It's like a, an app that you can pay celebrities to like give shout outs and stuff like that. Oh and my so gosh. it's all like be great. Be like, you can get like fucking Kevin from the office or something to say. I, I know what you're talking about <laughs> yeah. now. And so we need to start a cameo page where people can, you know, pay you 10 bucks or whatever to wish them happy birthday or some shit. And then we'll just film it. I would do that. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. And we don't have to sell pictures of your feet. You know, we don't have to hang brain or anything like that. We can literally just have people be like, hey, I'll give $5 to hear Christian say that ghosts are real and no, that'll that, just be me buying hey it man, constantly i'm not selling out no you will you will i'll say me. happy birthday but i won't it's gonna cost 10 more than 10 dollars for me to say ghosts are real okay well you guys heard it here first if you want us to start a cameo page for christian so you can pay him to say all kinds of ridiculous thing for more than 10 dollars, let us know in the comments of wherever you're listening or if you're listening on a pod player that doesn't have comments find us on social media at freaky deaky pod on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. If you are on YouTube, let us know what you think of the episode. Did we miss a forest that you are maybe kind of fond of? You know, there's actually a bunch in the States that I didn't mention because I wanted to give the international listeners something to grab onto. Um, But in part two, maybe I'll focus a little more on... There's a bunch in the UK that were pretty fascinating with like tales of like hellhounds and stuff like that. And then there's a bunch in the US. So maybe I'll focus part two on the US and the UK a little bit more. So uh, now's your chance. Yeah, if you have some lore in your neck of the woods, reach out the gang at the or comment wherever you're listening and drop those suggestions and we'll look into it for part two of Haunted Forests of the World. In the meantime, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Again, be sure to follow us wherever we're at. You know the drill. Yeah, like and subscribe. Hit the thumbs up. All that fun stuff. Yeah, bada bing, bada boom. That's how it's done. If you're looking for some sweet merch, find it at thefreakydeaky.com. We've got some dope, dope, 
dope, dope, dope. Hoodies, shirts, fanny Fast. packs are coming up soon. Actually, I still need to do that fanny pack giveaway. It's going to happen, guys. I just have a very chaotic life right now, and every faucet in my house is leaking, and I'm trying to take care of that. And it's fine. That's not why you tune in. It's okay. Either way, thanks for listening. We'll see you right back here next week where Christian is going to give us a rundown on the Pope's Exorcist. Dun, dun, dun. That's right. Yeah, we're getting exorcisms which is going to be a fascinating episode i'm sure and you are not going to want to miss it so tune in next week on the freaky deaky we'll see you there goodbye